wonder. If this one served God this much and they didn't get anything, how sure am I <laughs> that this commitment that I have is going to be a fruit? Because they're going to give you a story of how they served God and how God never came through. And if you give your ears to them, I assure you, you are likely going to be discouraged. Because people have an experience of serving and not seeing results. Praying and not seeing results. Waiting and not seeing results. Because we have pursued power and forgot faith. If you look at the lesson of faith, you will notice that most of the people who have taught faith, they are the fathers of faith. Alright? People like Kenneth Hagin, people like Copeland, uh, Bishop David Weyedepo, Dr. Paul Enenchek. These are the people who have specialized or have used a lot of time to teach faith. But interestingly, if you look at them, if you look at their life, if you, stay, if you take stock of their life, then you will see the difference. Right? You will see the difference. The last time I checked, several years ago, Kenneth Copeland had given out 27 aeroplanes. Alright? Praise the name of the Lord. The last I checked, 27 aeroplanes. This is a man who have only preached on faith. Now, the reason why we have moved from there to pray 10 hours without results, it is because we have left the basics. So we are generating power, but we are leaving faith behind. Are you getting? And what just happened, we are not going to be victims of that. Amen. And one of the prayers I'm praying is that God will bring us people who really want to know the truth of the word. That as much as we are praying, these are people that are hungry to know the truth of the word. Are you understanding? Yes. Now, one of the things you will notice is that most of us, even right now, if I would ask you a few questions about faith, you may not get a direct answer. Because we are very shallow on how we are prepared, how we are taught concerning faith. So if I will ask you a few questions about faith, possibly you're going to give me scripture. You might have actually more scripture than more stories of faith that you can give. Alright? But if you look at the Old Testament now, even without much of the move of the Spirit, you realize that they had more acts of God that they even had scripture. In fact, when God gave Moses scripture, there were laws, do's and don'ts. Alright? But they saw a lot of God. But our generation that had the Spirit, the Spirit of God that helps us to search the mind of the Father concerning our lives, still we don't have much acts to show. But then when you look at the early church, when they began ministry, that is why we see the acts of the apostles, because they also began with acts. So we should be able to build from the foundation they laid. And when we build from the foundation they laid to the foundation of miracle signs and wonders, we need to study their lives. What did they do? What was it that caused them to be able to get the results that they got? Hallelujah. 
Now, I wanna, I wanna go to point number two. I gave you the first keynote. That was just an introduction. And the first keynote was faith is a channel that the power of God rises on to actualize the supernatural. And I'll say to you that the lack of faith or unbelief is responsible for what we have right now. The lack of faith is responsible for lack of miracles, signs, and wonders, lack of personal testimonies that you have mastered on how to get them. So the keynote number two is that faith comes by hearing the word of God. Romans 10, 17. It is saying, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So keynote number two, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Now, that I know is common. It's, it's not even something that is new to any one of you. You have had that scripture. But then you are going to notice if you are faithful to yourself is that most of us lack the discipline of scripture. So as much as faith comes by hearing and by hearing by the word of God, most of us lack the discipline of scripture. At a personal level, we lack the discipline of studying scripture. At a corporate level, go to any church on a Bible study and look at the people who will attend the Bible study. They are less compared to those who are going to attend the church on Sunday. What we do not understand is that Satan understands how faith comes. So he will fight any effort that you might want to put in, in terms of knowing the word, hearing the word. Most of our generation now, we are actually depending on sermons that are being preached online. It is not a bad thing. But the truth is, faith does not come that way 100%. You can listen to sermons from COVID up to now. And if you are to show results of the sermons you have listened, because that is when most of us went to listen to sermons online, very few have any results to show. So when I'm talking about faith comes by hearing and by hearing by the word of God, I'm talking about you knowing the word concerning that specific circumstance you're under. And that is what Satan fights. So you're going to have an issue that you're dealing with. Alright? Let's say you're dealing with an issue of finances. Then you're going to go to YouTube. going to listen to five or sermons in a week. At the end of the day, what you have had is information that excites you and makes you an addict because by tomorrow you're going to go back there again. But for a reason, the more we are hearing, there is really not much results we are getting. So when I'm talking about faith comes by hearing, it is once you know your circumstance, in this case, we are saying it's money. You go to scripture, find the relevant scripture that talks about your provision. Get that scripture. Graphically see yourself as what that scripture is saying. For example, you see that Jesus became poor, that you may be rich. You graphically see yourself as rich. That is not what is called a 
Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word. Are you getting me? Do you know you are better taking one scripture at a time that is relevant to your situation and actualizing it and graphically seeing it and seeing yourself in the eyes of God, in the minds of God through the scripture? You are much better than somebody who's been listening to a two-hour sermon. You know why? Because that person was getting information, getting very excited. After those two hours, they will possibly tell you what was said in that sermon. But for you who took one scripture, sat down with that scripture, meditated on that scripture, began to, saw, uh, to, to see yourself rich, begin to see what Christ has done for you, already now your mind has begun to shift. Your faith has begun to be elevated. I don't know how this is sounding, but I tell you, if you will know how important it is for you to know scripture and scripture that are relevant to your situation, you will never again waste time. I'm not saying you do not need to listen to someone's listen, even me, I do. But when it comes to my own growth as a believer, I go to scripture. I look at what is concerning me. What have God said concerning that situation? I'll find one or two or three scriptures and I'll see through those scriptures. And I'll begin to tell the Holy Ghost, make this scripture life. Make them life within me. Give them life in me. Because if I just read them, they're just going to be information like I'm hearing on social media. But if you make them life, they are going to burn that what you want back within me. And even if I'm going to sit on that scripture for a year, if that is how long it takes for me to get it, let it be. But I will not move until I go past that. Are you understanding? So it is important for us to begin to understand how we are losing the, 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 the process of growth because we are not hearing scripture that we are reading for ourselves or even listening or even attending a Bible study. We just want to sit down where somebody has done their research and compiled a sermon and that is what they are going to bring to you. Those sermons are very important. They keep you uh, growing. They keep you, uh, you know, they help you even as you grow. But now, most of the time, you will notice that even if you do your own mathematics right now, from January up to now, show me, all right, show me two or three miracles that you got. Because you've been listening to something. Very few. Why? Because faith is a personal thing. God wants us to grow at a personal level. And so he wants you to work it with him. So he wants you to get scripture. And once you have that scripture, then you're able to graphically see yourself in the eye of God, in the lens of the scripture. Once you're able to see yourself in the lens of the scripture, then you're going to get the answer. It is interesting that you can have people praying for 10 hours, people praying for 15 hours, but those people, even a cup of tea, they can't buy you. And I don't know why we are not finding like it is a problem. And it is not wrong for us to pray that long. We need to. It is very important in our time. But then, if we are going to really be relevant in our time, we need to have also relevant results. After you prayed for 15 hours, I mean, even your family is waiting to see what is going to become of you. 
So after five years, if they're not seeing any results, they're like, what is that? What is that? That is why we get abused by people. Because they've been watching you and they're like, hey, if this is how prayer is, definitely there has to be some results. And they watch you for one year, they watch you for the second year, they watch you for the third year, and they're not seeing much. Because we are not getting to the point of understanding how faith comes. And if you know how faith comes, then you're going to be able to have the discipline of scripture. If you are to be honest right now, very few people here are able to sit on scripture, even for five minutes, and meditate on it. Many people, and this I want you to go try when you go home. Get a scripture that has your situation, and capture it in your mind, and begin to meditate. Close your eyes and begin to meditate on it. Begin to see yourself in the lens of that scripture. You'll be surprised. Your mind begins to move. Your mind begins to get busy. Because there is so much better when anybody tries to build their faith. So Satan will fight every time you try to understand scripture and see yourself in the lens of that scripture. If you look at people of different religions, all right, who do not have the scripture we have to use, they wake up in the morning, they are disciplined. They wake up in the morning, they will cross their legs, and they will kind of be quiet, zoom somewhere, I'm not sure where, and they're gonna be in that state for 30 minutes, 15 minutes. What are they doing? They are seeing themselves as the best businessman. They are seeing themselves as having a good career. And they will do those meditations and those yogas disciplined every day. And if you look at their results, you'll be surprised. Their results are equivalent to what they were doing. Because in that meditation, they believe they are going to become what they are seeing themselves in the mind but we, what we do, we are going to pray like fire from five or four or three. We pray fire prayers, fire prayers. We speak in tongues, scattered by fire, and all it is good. After that, you're like, amen. Hey, five. Run in the shower, take breakfast or not, catch one or two matatus, or take your car, go to work. You don't know what you're missing. Do you know you would rather, if you have mastered prayer, then you have nothing to prove by praying for 10 hours, though it is important. But you would rather pray for 30 minutes, take one scripture, and sit on that scripture for the next 30 minutes if your time of prayer was an hour. And if your mind is moving, then you know now you're going to pull down every imagination that is exalting itself above the knowledge of Christ. So now you know the battle is not even the scatter by fires you're talking about. Now you know the battle is already in your mind. Are you getting me? How many of you, honestly speaking, you have ever tried to meditate on a scripture and you succeeded? Lift your hands. How many of you tried to meditate on a scripture and you did not succeed? Okay, so you're talking about 98% of us. So it, it is encouraging because I don't want to feel like I'm preaching over your heads and you are scripture gurus and you're not even wondering what is my problem. Why am I not being in you, Rema? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. 
And so you're going to notice that we have been taken so far away from scripture that even the sermons we enjoy, they are soulish sermons. Look at the most celebrated lights, places of worship. Look at the culture of their sermons. You will notice, apart from our generation that is beginning to hunger, and so you really don't mind a, a someone even if it is beating you up. But if you look at a normal Christian today, and the kind of sermons they will go after, most of them are soulish. By the time you enter by the door, you are so blessed. I decree and I declare, this is going to be your ear. I decree and, and I am telling you, hey, go to TikTok and look at the things you people post on TikTok. You want to associate, you, 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 you like soulish things because they excite your soul. Because you want to be told, and it is so addictive that even after a whole year of that being not coming to pass, it doesn't disturb you. It's like somebody who is on crack cocaine. You have been puffing this thing for a whole year. You're not realizing this thing is not helping you. It's just destroying you, but you still want more puffs. So you notice that we are excited about soulish sermons, soulish preachers. In fact, if that soulish preacher will say, kind of look like they're also prophetic, <laughs> you even remove your money for supper. So we have not only gone away from the discipline of scripture, we are now being attracted and being very comfortable with soulish sermons. And so what I'm trying to say is that our prayer is to see that we are birthing a generation of people like the Berean church who are going to sit with scripture. They are like, okay. It is 40 years and I am not getting married. What did God say about this thing? Now, one, I know I'm beautiful or I'm handsome. So it's not about looks here. So Satan, don't talk to me about how I look. And that is settled. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Whether it's fearfully or it's wonderfully, whichever it is, it is either. I know I'm past, you know. Then you're like, okay. So you also say, that none will lack a mate. So why am I lacking? So you sit with that scripture and you begin to see yourself with the mate. I know some of you right now, men, if I will tell you to begin to see yourself in a mate, you would come out of it very quickly. Because you cannot even form that image of that mate in your mind or in your heart. You can't form. And even if you try to form, you are seeing that woman you saw on social media. So you just see big breasts. You open your eyes. <laughs> because our minds, it's actually not funny. And I'm not making jokes. I'm serious. Because our minds are so corrupted that even when we go to meditate, we are so full of social media and worldliness. So even when you're going to form a mate, all you're seeing is big boobs. <laughs> because we are corrupted that way. And so you're trying to close your eyes again, you're telling yourself, this time I have to, I have to. 
Now you love their meat in the name of Jesus. So you close your eyes again. And man, all you're seeing is that lady with the skin tight. Because you have your mind needs the imaginations that are exalting themselves about the knowledge of Christ needs to come down fast so that you are able to see pictures that are godly. Alright? Some of you ladies, if you close your eyes to look and see yourself in a net, okay, you can see yourself in a net, but the picture that is coming, you're just seeing your abusive father. And that is what you're seeing that can come. And you're so afraid that you can have a marriage that is going to turn out to be like how your father was abusive. Because our thinking has been corrupted, most of us, from when we were small. Are you getting? So actually what I'm saying, most of the warfare we are supposed to be waging. Yes, we can wage war on witchcraft and all those things that we wage war about. But let me assure you, one war you can wait and become victorious and see results is when you succeed in pulling down every imagination and every thought that is exalting itself against the knowledge of Christ. Because if you don't deal with that, you will never have the mind of Christ. If you don't have the mind of Christ, you never see yourself the way Christ wants you to see yourself. Now, if I ask you to draw a picture of yourself in your mind, of you driving a Ferrari, number one, you find it funny. Like a Ferrari, Pastor Joyce, can't you even think of something else? We are in Kenya. Talk about a note or a pro box or something. Because our imagination cannot go that far. If I tell you to create a picture and See yourself living by the beach in your house. You actually see the beach and see houses, but not yours. You see what you have seen on movies or where you have gone to Mombasa, wherever you've gone and seen them. Because you have not cleansed your mind and begin to have the mind of Christ that he has for you. So now talking about the key note number two. The faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word of God. We are talking about not just hearing the word the way you hear it casually, but now it has become something that is so, uh, it is so pure, how God wants you, the mind of God concerning you. If I tell you to see your account and see your account with several millions, okay, let's leave millions. See your account with maybe a half million, and you're putting three zeros, you're asking yourself, okay, so it's five, how many zeros make half a million? Zero, zero, eh. The last two zeros cannot come. You're trying to put the, those last two zeros in that equation. See, this thing I'm talking about, you'll be surprised. These are the reasons why people don't go anywhere. Because the mind of Christ has never been formed in you. Because you have never gotten to a place that you have heard the word, and the word has been actualized in you, and you see yourself in that word. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Now, the way we, we read scripture, it is important for us to know that if you read scripture, and you, have, you finish a chapter, because I know that is what most of us do. If that chapter has got nothing that is helping you to become what God wants you to become, then you just got knowledge. Alright? 
And so that is how most of us read the Bible. You just read scripture. You read 10 chapters a day or 5 chapters a day or 1 chapter a day. But in real sense, if I ask you, you know the Bible. But at the end of the day, none of that has become life to you. Remember, scripture is actually Christ. Scripture is a person. So when you read the scripture and you actualize it, you are now becoming one with Christ. Are we getting yeah, and so it is important for us to understand that once we hear and hear and hear the word of God, then now we are able to begin seeing ourselves in that level. Now, once we begin to see ourselves in that level, maybe having money, maybe being married, doing well in ministry, or whichever you want, then that is a platform where power rides on. Are you getting it? That picture that looks so carnal. It doesn't sound spiritual. That doesn't have tongues on it. That picture, that picture that is not the world has become life. That is where power rides on. So this other power we generate, it is power that is just floating. It's floating. That's why um, it doesn't deliver much. Because that kind of power, if it would come and find a person who know who know they are in accordance with the word of God and they are seeing themselves as Christ would have them, then if that power now land on that person, miracles, signs, and wonders will begin to take place. Praise the name of the Lord. So, for example, like I say. If you're able to see that Christ became poor, that you may become rich. And I know finances is something that we all want. If you can just dwell there for this weekend, that is the homework I'm giving you. You can just try to dwell there for this weekend. And when we meet next Friday, you give me a report. Then we are going to be at a very good understanding. And now we are going to begin to go somewhere. You better look like you're not moving forward. You better look like you're not studying so much scripture. But that two, three scripture you know, they have brought results in your life. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. So Satan will fight knowledge, specifically the knowledge of the word of God. And even when the word of God is being taught that is very spiritual, Satan mostly, he will also fight it. He will also fight it. That's why if you see most churches that are headed by teachers of the world, only mature people go there. Think of any church in this country whereby the head of the ministry is a teacher of the world. And they, they teach scripture. They don't have any excitement. You, the minute you enter is the Bible says, and they have 20 scriptures of reference. You will notice only mature people go there. Because Satan will fight knowledge and you fight the knowledge of the word. Hallelujah. Amen. I want us to go to keynote number three, because I want to finish this, and or maybe finish next Friday. Faith without works is dead. Notice the things I'm telling you, they are not different. They are things you know, but the explanation is what you need. Faith without works is dead. James 2, 17 to 18 says, James 2, 17 to 18 says, So too faith, it is, if it does not have works, it itself is dead. But someone may say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith, but 
with my works. So, here we are seeing another aspect of faith that faith without work is actually dead. So, there is dead faith, and there is faith that is alive. Because this is faith without works is dead faith. So, it is to me then, apart from you now doing what I have just told you, right? So you want finances, you began to meditate on the scripture that Christ was made poor, that you might be rich. And you have seen that picture, you can now really see yourself. That is not the end. Please notice the things I'm teaching you is a sequence, is a formula. By the time I'm done, you have the whole formula. Are you understanding? So now you've been able to get that, that picture. Once you've been able to form that picture, seeing yourself as rich, seeing yourself as established, or seeing yourself having that thing you want, then the other thing that you have to do it is to look for the corresponding action. Because faith without works, it is dead. So most of us, what we do after we have now visualized, and now you can see yourself being that what the word of God says you are, we miss to do the corresponding action. The corresponding action. Right? So, if you actually look through the Bible, even the Old Testament, where we are seeing there is a lot of uh, miracles, a wonders, signs that happened, you are going to notice that preceding every miracle, something needed to be done. Alright? Even when manna would fall, from heaven. They needed to wake up and go collect it, right? Were they making up full? No. They needed to wake up and go collect it. Even when God was going to make a way through the Red Sea and he was going to blow the wind to part the sea, still he needed Moses to stretch forth his rod. Don't you think God had the power to blow the wind the way he blew and just but it without Moses having to do something. But he's trying to show us a formula here that as much as I'm able to do so many things because I'm powerful, I'm God, at the end of the day, we are partners in this thing. So there is a corresponding action that you need to do. Okay? There is a corresponding action that you need to do. Some of these corresponding action might not necessarily be, you know, um, for example, maybe if you if it's money, might not be necessarily be you need to get an extra job or go looking for a job. That could be it. But sometimes it will be the corresponding action you need. It will be to get more knowledge. To get at a place where you are growing. I'll tell you why. So if you've been visualizing yourself and you're the millionaire, you've now seen that picture. Emmanuel, you're seeing yourself, you can clearly see 25 million as your bank balance. So that picture is clear. From there, you may need to develop yourself as a person, to embrace growth as a person. Because for that kind of money to come to you, there must be something that you're doing that qualifies you for people to transact with you that kind of money. Are you understanding me? So these are the, the missing links that we miss after we pray for 10 hours because most of us don't have the corresponding action. And that is why the Spirit of God is very important because he's a teacher. As you pray, he will help you navigate. 
And as you navigate the mind of the Father, he will reveal to you or cause you to, to understand what you need for you to become this millionaire. You need to develop area A, area 2. It could be you don't need to develop much because you have your education and you have knowledge on money, but you lack relationships. So the corresponding action that you need to take is specialized in connecting rightfully. Because if you're going to get that 25 million, there is some relationships you are lacking. It could be business relationships that you are lacking. You have the knowledge, you have a PhD in economics, so you don't have issues and you understand accounts so well. So that, that's sort of an area you need to grow, but you're lacking the relationship that will bring you that kind of money. So the corresponding action in that case would be to begin to trust God that he will guide your ways to bring you the right people or that you're going to join circles that are going to help you to meet the people that you need. Because sometimes again, what we do, we just dwell at a place of trusting God for things that we can even think about. Yes, sometimes you can ask the Holy Ghost to guide you, but some things are just common sense, isn't it? Yes, some things are just common sense. The other day I had my husband saying he wants to join the Mercedes club. And why is he doing that? He's doing that because there is important relationships in such a club. Are you getting me? So how much, how much Holy Ghost do you need to think that you need to join a club? Some of these things is just brains. Are you understanding? Yes. So look at your level. So what do you want? What has God called you to do? What is the plan of God concerning you? You have the scripture. You can see it. And you can see yourself, you have been so blessed. What relationships are you lacking? So when he knows he needs some relationships that can bring him good business, then you look for the things he needs to do. You begin to play golf. You join a, a club like that for Mercedes, people who drive Mercedes Benz. Is he just interested to drive fast and go wherever they go? Praise the name of the Lord. I don't know you're looking at me and you're thinking about the Subaru boys. <laughs> I'm not talking about this kind of a club, all right? So, <laughs> I don't know what happens there. Anybody here who drives a Subaru can tell us what happens with the Subaru boys. Who drives a Subaru here? Anyway, you don't know? Okay. <laughs> so, I'm not talking about something like that. There's some relationships. You can actually do get something from there. But I'm talking about serious, uh, intentional relationships that you pursue. Are you getting it? And if anything is just one person or two people, then you know this one surely is very, very intentional. So that could be your corresponding action. So now see, from all the things that you're trusting God to do, from all the miracles you have, if I told you right now to write your prayer request, you would have maybe 10. Okay? So that means there is at least maybe 10 scripture you need to have visualized, settled, because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you have settled that in your heart, in your mind, you have settled that. But then beyond that, there are corresponding actions that you need to do for each and every one of those. Are you now able to see where the problem is? Because most of us lack corresponding action. And I, I know now those that want to get married, your mind has gone and you're now wondering what corresponding action Pastor Joy do I need to take? I don't know. You answer yourself that question. Alright? If you're going to take yourself out, 
please do. And depending on the picture you have created, if you decide to take yourself for, for tea in Korogosha, God bless you so much. But if you decide that you want to take your, yourself out for dinner in Hilton, you know, as a man thinking in his heart, so is. So even the corresponding action you will take, it is corresponding actions will never lie. Because they are going to reveal what you have seen. And I'm not saying going to Korogosha is, I mean, most of us have come from that background. But why do you want to come from that background and still go back there for a lifetime? <laughs> no, my, my friend, I would rather not. <laughs> is it? Yes, that is where people have grown. So if you're gonna, <laughs> if the corresponding action you're gonna take is still gonna take you there, then there is a problem here. There's a problem on how you, you have God, you, you, you really brought your God down because you cannot see your God as great. You cannot see your God expecting, uh, you know, wanting you to become better. So we lack corresponding action. And faith without what is death. So you need to back up that visualizing scripture, that seeing yourself as rich, what is the corresponding action? You need to trust God for an extra job. Is it a relationship you need? What is that corresponding action? It could be thanksgiving. Interestingly, it could be you've been you've done all that, and now because you have settled that you have it, the corresponding action you need it is just to live at a realm of thanksgiving. And so when people are scattering by fire, you you put your praise music. Let me tell you something. One time, I needed some money to go to the mission field. I needed a hundred and thirty thousand shillings. That was a lot of money by then. A lot of money. You're talking about almost 20 years. I was very young. Like me, I didn't struggle to know what I want to do. I was very young and adventurous. So I'm trusting God for that. That one, 30,000 by then was like 1.3 1, 1, 1. million. <laughs> so I knew that thing was done. And so what I would do every evening after I'm done with my jobs, those days we used to have, you know, the desktop. Desktop, not laptop. I know you don't know what that is, but it is a computer that used to to be on a table, and I used to have like a square screen. Okay. So I'll put music, and for some reason, I loved by then gospel reggae. Don't begin to judge me and think where I'm coming from from the world. You would be right. Thank you so much. <laughs> so I'll put gospel reggae and I am so tired. I am like extremely tired from work. You know the way I see some of you here coming for the night vigil. And I can tell you tired because I can tell you even have your bags to get from work. So I'll be in that state. And I'll put on the music. And I'll tell you I will not just like dango, I will jump. I will praise the Lord. I will sweat. Like I'm alone, like a mad woman in the house. And I'm thanking God because of this money that the Lord has provided and I'm going to go to the mission field. And the problem was that whenever I went to a meeting, I would get a prophecy and people would even pick me from behind. That lady, that, that lady. I see the Lord is calling you to go to the nations. So I, I, and you know where we used to say it's a small town. 
So every meeting I go, there is a prophecy that God is calling me. So when you go to a point, you asking me, so when are you going? <laughs> Have your prophecy been ever been known in a city? My prophecy was known. When are you going? So now there was no joking. I had to really bad this miracle. So I would dance and dance and dance. You know, I never danced for two weeks. I never danced for two weeks. One day, I'm just preparing my business stuff and I get a message. The message says, I don't know how much money you want, but I feel I need to bless you. So I looked at the person who have sent this message. I know what they do. And the job they do, honestly, if they get so much salary by then, it was around 20,000. So we don't come and move. I said, this is a servant of Satan that has been sent to come and walk me because I know you, I didn't reply. In short, I didn't reply that message. Because you cannot be earning 20,000. Then you're asking me how much money I need. The message you're saying, I feel I need to bless you. Let me know how much I, you need. My friend, if you're earning 20,000 and you come to ask me how much I need, are you not sent by Satan? <laughs> so I didn't reply. And I forgot about that message. And me, I continued with my work. That evening, I felt I need to go to a church where uh, uh, I think you've heard me talk about a pastor who is a prophet who trained me into the prophetic. That one hears, like the switch, he switches. So I went, just sat at the back. I'm sitting there, then she's like, Joyce, God is saying, that thing that you've been given, you must take. It is him. I'm like the devil is a liar. I've been given by you. And she didn't even, I didn't even greet her. I went. So I went back to my phone when I got home. And I that message. Now, that's not the same day. That's not the following day I'm getting this prophetic word. From yesterday, I have not replied. So I replied. I didn't even say thank you. God bless you. You are the helper I was waiting for. Mm -hmm. Straight to the point. I need 130,000 shillings. Full stop. That was rude, but that's how I answered. I mean, when you've been given money, you better have some courtesy, right? So don't do what I did. <laughs> you know what she told me? Let us meet on Saturday in such and such a city. I said, Lord, you know, even fair to go there is a problem. I don't want to go there, then I begin to hear stories. You know, there are people who will even create a picture for you to think they are able. Then only you get there, they're telling you, let us join our hands and we trust them. <laughs> Have you met people like that? They will kind of make you think they are so able, and then when you are now expecting they're gonna bless you, what they're blessing you with is prayer. Not that prayer is bad, but there is there is a time you, you can pray for yourself. So I was like, that was going on in my mind. Like Lord, this this better be you because I can't afford to even miss prayer. So I took the matatu, went to that city. And I met this person. At the stage, I was counted 130,000 shillings. Not in a hotel, but still chivito. And I'm thinking, is this for real? Fine. I got my money. Now you can imagine my 30,000 shillings in those years. Eh? You feel like you're carrying the whole central bank to people. So <laughs> I went back home, I took 13,000, I gave my tithes, and I was off. And my prophetic word 
go to the nations. Now, no one was going to ask me why I'm not going to the nations. So I was dealt with. Am I giving you that story? Because my corresponding action was actually just thanksgiving. So why you need the Holy Spirit as a teacher? It is because he helps you navigate to know what is your corresponding action. So if my corresponding action could have been something else, the Holy Ghost could have led me to it. You understand? Now, what would have been my corresponding action would have been to thank God or to praise Him? It is because financially, I am a good tither. I am a good giver. And so, in the issues and the areas of me getting money, so what corresponding action have I not done? The corresponding action in that case, the Holy Ghost will lead you into thanksgiving. Are you understanding? But then, if maybe, and I'm not trying to make you begin to, um, to work out your corresponding action with your mind. It is important, even as you pray, you ask the Holy Ghost to help you know what you still need to do. So if maybe I was unfaithful, or if maybe I was not a giver, or if maybe I was a giver who doesn't give cheerfully, possibly the Holy Ghost could have guided me, the corresponding action would have been giving. Are you understanding? So I'm just trying to show you the diversity of what I mean by corresponding action. Your corresponding action, even though your circumstance is the same with the other person, may not be the same. So you can have the same circumstance, okay? But your corresponding actions could be different. Are you understanding? Yeah, you could be two sisters that are looking for a husband. That is the same situation, right? But the corresponding action would be different. Yeah, one might just need to just have a smile. Just have a smile, have some makeups if you don't mind makeups. Have your hair neat. Greet people, not coming like you're always living in the 10th dimension. That could be you just being, you know, relaxed a little bit. Are you getting me? But there is another one. Maybe they need to join some few clubs to mingle with brothers and sisters. Are you looking at me funny? Because you see, the people of the church are so strange that even if there is a volleyball club around where you live, you can never join. Honestly speaking, if right now I ask you people, how many of you play sport, you'd be surprised. I don't want to ask that question. Because we get born again, we don't do a lot of things. Can I tell you something? <laughs> when I was younger, like the days I used to date, don't worry, this guy is married for 15 years. He knows my history. So, so when I used to date, I don't know you are used to date. How many did you date? Now that is not, forget about that question. Now we are here. So <laughs> when I used to date, you know most of the guys I met were when I was playing table tennis. Because that, that is where people are. If you have not found them in this night VG, can you close that chapter <laughs> and look somewhere else? So I'm talking about corresponding action. So some of you might need to just join a sports club. Okay? Begin to play something. Play football, volleyball, if not football. <laughs> Do something. Because that is where people are. Join a cooking class. 
<laughs> that is for the brothers, right? Because mostly when you join a cooking class, you're going to find women a lot. So if you're struggling to find a wife, Apostle just gave you a tip. Join a cooking class. That is where wife material are found. Those that are going to cook for you every day. Hmm. Hallelujah. It also could be you engage actions of diligence. Alright? Especially if you trust in God for an economic upgrade, it could be you need to be just be diligent. Another thing that the church has not put so much effort in is diligence. People are not diligent even in matters that are very close to them. So your work is what fits you. Your business is what fits you, but you lack diligence. You're not serious about it. How many of you have wanted to buy something like vegetables or bread? And then you walk out of your house to go to the shops and you find shops closed. Have you ever experienced that? And you're wondering, people eat bread in the morning. And I'm going like three streets, there is no shop open to buy bread. That is lack of diligence. You get it? Yeah, so sometimes people lack diligence, especially church people. Diligence is something that enemy has really fought. The church people do not understand diligence. Do you know how many times when I'm going for prayer, maybe 3 a.m. or whatever, me, I'm going to the prayer room, my husband is sitting down with a laptop, working, three, four. That doesn't mean you will not pray. He will pray. But the diligence dictates that at 3 a.m. you must be on the laptop working. Are you understanding? Diligence. Diligence. I remember like last Christmas, we didn't even go to any, anywhere. We always go for holiday, but this specific Christmas, last Christmas, he's smiling here because he really to test her. <laughs> I was in the kitchen 24-7 cooking. We didn't go anywhere. Why? Because he was working. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe the work will end on 27 and maybe no, until today. Diligence. So one of the things that church people will lack is diligence. And the reason we lack it is because a big percentage of the people are employed. And so you have that notion um, which is really understandable because sometimes people feel like you're employed, your employer is nasty, they don't pay you well, and so you are also putting your hands down. What you're forgetting, according to the Bible, you're not working for man, you're working for God. So the moment you are diligent, God has got his own ways to shift you. Are you getting it? So diligence is is, is something economically we have to all embrace if we are going to see uh, the faith for us to become rich and for us to become empowered economically being something that can be actualized. Diligence, very important. Very, very important. Hallelujah. Right, number four. Number four. Faith is a weapon of war. Faith is a weapon of war. I'm giving keynotes about faith because I'm having to explain with the baby steps so that we are able to understand this faith that helps us to actualize the supernatural. 
If you don't understand faith, we cannot actualize the supernatural. If you don't break it down, we cannot actualize the supernatural. That's why I'm giving these keynotes that are really like baby steps. So number four, faith is the weapon of war. Ephesians 6.16 says, Ephesians 6.16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That is the book of Ephesians. And I believe some weeks ago, I did a teaching on Ephesians chapter 6 in a very good way. So if you want more details on that, you can always go to YouTube. And I taught on Ephesians 6 on how to endure. And here specifically, I want to talk about faith being a shield. And the shield work is to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. In other words, faith is like a shield. I know we all understand what is a shield. So when you have faith, you are actually shielded from the darts of the enemy because surely the enemy would send darts, you send arrows. But then when you have faith, you are able to shield yourself. All right? And remember what we say, faith comes by hearing and by hearing by the word of God. So you are going to shield yourself because of all you know that God has said concerning you. You are able to shield yourself. Now, if you look at the wilderness, you're going to notice that their faith was really under attack in the wilderness. Their faith was seriously under attack. Like, they would see mighty moves of God, and after two days, after three days, they're back to complaining and murmuring. Because their faith was really under attack. Why was the faith of the children of Israel under attack? Because remember, they were seeing the acts of God, not necessarily because they were uh, able to actualize the acts. It was by mercy. Let me repeat that again. The acts of God, they were seeing in the wilderness, they, they didn't have what we have now. What we have now, we are saying faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. So you're able to hear the word or study the word and actualize something. For them, it was not that way. For them, the miracles they were seeing, it was by mercy. The deliverance, mercy of God from Egypt all the way to Canaan. So they did, they were, their faith was not built. So even when they saw so much miracles, there was still no faith in them. That's why they will still go to, like my husband was reading earlier, that's why they will still say they are like grasshoppers because they went to Canaan. The land that God has given up to them, and they saw the giants there, and at the end of the day, they concluded they are grasshoppers. They are not able to take the land. But there are two men who arose, Joshua and Caleb, and they said, if God delights in us, then surely we are going to take that land. I don't know where these two men got their faith, but they had the mind of God. They believed in God. They didn't waver. Hallelujah. So, what Caleb and Joshua used against what the others were saying, that we are the those guys are so huge, they're so big. It was, that was actually faith that they say, if God delights in us, he's going to give us that land. So that is how you use faith as that shield. So, an arrow is going to be thrown to you. And you're going to begin to see yourself as an accomplished. You're going to begin to see yourself as 35 years, nothing to show. If you look at your fellow 35-year-olds, they have gone somewhere. 
And you begin to feel discouraged. You begin to feel, by the way, what am I doing with my life? So now, if you don't have a shield against such a narrow, the possibilities are you are fully going to go into a place of unbelief. So the reason why you need to understand faith as a shield it is because as a child of God, arrows are going to be thrown to you. They are going to be aimed at you. If you look at when Jesus was going through the temptation, it is scripture that he was using against what Satan would tell him. Remember that? He used scripture. Now, what he was doing, he was using scripture as a shield. If you look at why you would get discouraged, if you look at why you feel hopeless, you will notice it is because a narrow was drawn to you. It may not come as a narrow in the mind. Sometimes it can be a friend. I know how people can be jokey and demonically jokey. Have you met a friend and they are asking you, hey, hey, you don't Who is going to marry you with this much? Have you ever seen careless talkers like that? You have never met careless people who, like, you can tell this one was prepared from hell to come and just throw a narrow to you. You pretend you're okay and you joke about it, you give them a high five and you laugh. Yeah, but after you leave there, you are like, ah. You start fasting. Yeah, we are seeing you fasting, we are thinking it's because it's hunger. No, it's not hunger. It's because an arrow was drawn and you were told you are fat. And now your goal is not to lose weight. Because you didn't have a shield that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. If you really need to lose weight, then that is still okay because it would have come to straighten you. But do not allow, if you have a shield, you'll be like, you know what, okay, I need to lose a few pounds, but at the end of the day, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You're not going to begin to see yourself as ugly. Have you seen those girls who have really allowed the enemy to interfere with the, who they are? until when they eat food, they vomit it. Have you ever seen those uh, girls who get to that level of depression? Because they believe they are fat. So they will eat food and vomit it. Yes, they will vomit it. I've even had those who put straws through the mouth. It goes through the stomach to suck out the food. So that's a, a, a type of sickness. But that is how far the devil can drive you. So if you don't have a shield, that can happen to you financially, mentally, physically, because you lack a shield, even spiritually. The moment an arrow is drawn to you, and the devil comes and asks you, so, last month you fasted for 21 days. This month you are on your 15 days. There is no result. That testimony you just had yesterday in church, that brother only fasted for three days, and they got their miracle. What is wrong with this, you pastor? There and there, you begin eating. You order, if you're in the office, you call Mama Ugali. Akuleto Ugali na dehu na kila kitu. That is how arrows work. Pastor Peterson is laughing so well. That is how arrows work. You're deflated completely because you lack a shield. You understand? Because you lack that knowledge that God is with you. 
And he has said that if you call him, he will answer you. So as long as you are calling, surely there is an answer. Even if you fasted 21 days last month, and you are already on your day 15 this month, he who you are calling upon, he will answer you. You are lacking that shield. So you are going to hear even one sermon. Haven't you ever realized when you are fasting? That is when you land on a preacher who is telling you, you don't need to fast. Some of these things. You are like that, baby. Why am I even fasting? When you are not fasting, those sermons, those preachers, you will not land on them. And then you're going to begin to comfort yourself. You see, God has guided me. 